There are two main conversations that people recommend to shy away from, religion and politics. But there's a third that seems to be just as taboo, money. Money is such a sensitive subject these days and it makes sense. With so many people struggling from paycheck to paycheck, scamming at an all-time high, inflation through the roof, and it's seeming more and more likely that social security won't be there when we want to retire. Marcus Hemingway is a real estate investor and entrepreneur who has not just worked hard for his money, but has made sure that his money works very hard for him. From learning the tax codes to having multiple LLCs, we come to learn how behavioral money truly is. So come with us as we make our attempts to learn the rules of the matrix so as to hopefully escape it. This is the pushback. What's up, everybody? Appreciate you guys. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. Another illustrious guest uh, here today have none other than Marcus Hemingway. And if you haven't heard of Marcus Hemingway, it's because that's exactly how it was intended. Yeah, you know I mean, uh, <laughs> Mar- Mar- Marcus Hemingway, man, is somebody that I met uh, not too long ago, uh, you know, came into my place of business, which shall remain nameless unless the coins are given up because I don't do free sponsorship. But, you know, uh, came into this place, man, had a fantastic conversation and just uh, the amount of knowledge and experience as it pertained to money, as it pertained to business uh, was fascinating. And and to me, one of the biggest uh things that I look for is people that live out, you know, what they believe. You know what I mean? Because anybody could spout out opinions. Um, it's a reason why there's certain things that I personally don't talk about because I don't live it. I don't have experience in it. So I'm not going to advertise ignorance. But uh, I want to let you, my brother, uh, give a, give yourself a chance to introduce yourself to the people. Yeah. My name is Marcus Hemingway. I want to say thank you for this opportunity to be on your platform to, I guess, allow to bless people with the knowledge that I have. And, you know, I don't see as much, but it's enough to make sure that people get a a, a blueprint, a head start, or at least a, a foothold in which way you're going to go in life. And, um, yeah. and a little bit about my background, I'm originally from South Carolina, born and raised in South Carolina. Um, that's why you hear the, the, the thick country accent sometimes. And um, ex-military too as well. I did my basic training in South Carolina too as well. So um, born and raised again, um, went to college, University of South Carolina, majored in uh, criminal justice with a mind in history. Um, when I came out of college, I became a federal probation officer. I did that for um, about 11 years. And now I work with an immigration organization doing immigration work. And I've been doing that for the next 11 years. So I have you know, a lot of work experience dealing with a lot of people from various backgrounds from around the world. And um, yeah. that's a little tidbit about myself. Little tidbit. It's just, just, just a, uh, just the surface level right now. We gonna see how how deep we get today. But um, no, one of the things that really uh, stood out to me because even though like you you did share with me uh, uh, about your background when we first met mm-hmm. was at the time uh, you know you were you were telling me a little bit about uh, uh, an investment property that you was working on. I was helping you out, uh, you know, with an LLC. Um, and all that stuff, but I wanna I wanted to ask you, what is your current like financial philosophy? I'm, I want to get right to it. You know what I mean? I, I want I want people to at least be given the choice between the red or the green pill. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 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 essentially, um, 
just kind of see where you're thinking. Like, see, like, what, what's your philosophy right now? You know, my philosophy when it comes to starting businesses, and I, you know, I have a couple, is how to do it right versus doing it wrong. We all want to go and make money. We all want to enrich ourselves with, um, with all kind of opportunities to gain more wealth and more finances. But there's a right way to do it, and there's a wrong way to do it. And and I wanted to do it the right way because, you know, you know, hypothetically, living in a major metropolitan area, you might see a lot of young men out here selling goods and services on the street. And then you ask them and say, do you have an LLC? Like, nah, I'm just out here selling stuff. Well, you know, there's a lot of tax implications that you can benefit from if you just open up a business, legit, get you a business bank account, have a proper LLC and the IEN and you and the tax code opens up to you. Um so let me start backwards. You know, when I was a young man, um, you know, when you go to school, you, you think about, let me go to school, get my education, find a great job, and then that's how I become wealthy. Well, yes and no. And a lot of people, most 99% of all people who graduate college follow that blueprint. But when you start sitting with other people and say, well, well, how do you do this? And, you know, how did this work for you? And you start asking these questions, People are willing to give you this information. So yeah. starting backwards, when I came out of college, you know, I became a probation officer and I saw all of my friends buying homes. I mean, it was just buying homes. Hey, you need to buy a house. You need to buy a house. And I didn't make a lot of money. And I was like, well, you don't need a lot of money. Well, I, I was ignorant to not understanding why I didn't need a lot of money. I thought when I grew up, you have to make enough, enough money, 20% down, buy your house and start working that way. Well, they start giving me little tidbits and say, hey, look at this, read this, and read that. And so I did not purchase my first home until I came back from L.A. So, again, I'm still starting backwards. So I worked here in D.C. for many, many years. I left and went to L.A. And I remember what one of my friends said. to say, if you want to be a millionaire, you need to hang around other millionaires. Yeah. So instead of going to the local bars and hanging out in the hood spots and stuff like that, I went to upscale restaurants. So I went to upscale hotels and I sat at the bar and I heard conversations. And that's mm. when the game start was really start giving to me. And then when they see you enough, they will say, hey, I hear you over here listening. Why don't you come over here and listen to what I got to tell you? And and I remember like it was yesterday. I was living in L.A. I was at the J.W. Marriott on the 17th floor, just you know, having my little drink and listening to these business people talk. And this man said, look, man, you know, if you want to listen to us, come on over here. So I gathered my little drink and I walked on over there and they started yeah, yeah, yeah. talking about, you know, buying real estate. And I asked questions. I said, well, and it will sound real dumb. I said, well, how do you purchase your first home? Yeah. And as simple as that question is, and, 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 and innocent as that question is, they were so willing to tell you the secrets to how to buy your first home. Yeah. And um, and pretty much they told me, said, look, you don't need much. You just need 3% down. I said, 3%? He said, yeah, that's it. And they showed, they talked about Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, the VA loans, all this stuff. And they started asking me questions. I said, well, yeah, I'm ex-military. It's like, well, you sitting on gold. You just don't understand. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> when I left L.A., I came back. And when I was in L.A., that was during the 2008 market crash, when housing markets crashed, you know, housing value went down. And there was an opportunity for me to get in. So I came back in 2010, back to the D.C. area. And that's when I purchased my first home. And remember, everything I learned from these, these young men, uh, when I used to go to the J.W. Marriott downtown L.A., I knew about equity. I knew how to take it out. Mm -hmm. I knew what to do with it and all these things. And that started my first purchase um, and, and going down the road of real estate. 
it takes a while to build equity. You just can't go buy a house today and think you got you're sitting on two or three hundred thousand dollars of equity. It, it, it takes right. time to build up, but have your plan in place when that when the time is right and the market is right. So yeah, um, that's the first piece of property I bought my first home, and I I realized you know how to work that situation situation. For sure, for sure, and I and I I almost kind of want to get into that sort of mentality to where you were prior to that because I think it's uh you you I feel like you displayed a couple of important things in this sort of like action and initiative that you took because I I, I I've noticed at least in my line of work in in, in the financial industry and I'm, I was actually surprised uh, and I feel like what you're saying confirms this is how actually willing a lot of millionaires, a lot of very successful people are willing to share what they know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like at no cost, uh, you know, not, and, and, and it's, and to me, I can't help but find it also somewhat interesting that these other people, uh, these like sort of financial gurus, like on like social media, Hey man, if you want to uh, get rich, follow these five easy steps, all you got to do. And then, and then it's like, and if you take my course, I'll show you how, and I'm not trying to knock any, anybody's hustle. You know, I'm all for monetizing the information, you know, uh, especially if you're an expert in the subject. Yeah. But to me, it's just interesting that the ones that are uh, super successful, either and i heard 50 cent say this he said those that are that that are like not going out here teaching stuff is because they're too successful to teach mm -hmm. they don't have the time to sit there and like have courses because they're too successful yeah. running their their own businesses or whatnot what what even incentivized you to kind of put yourself in that place because you you said something important that i hear everywhere every whether i'm listening to like you know, Mark Cuban or all these different billionaires or multimillionaires, they all say the same thing that if it, like the whole your 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 network determines your net worth. Mm -hmm. yeah. what, what what even inspired you to even like put yourself in those places? Oh, man. So when, when you have an opportunity to travel and, and see the world and, and put yourself in those opportunities, you, you always reach back to how do I do better? How do I get better? I, you know, when, and no offense to those who I supervised when I was a probation officer. I saw the mistakes that you don't need to make. I, I that was in abundance to me. I had case files of people who'd uh, you know committed all kind of crimes, rapes, murders. Everything. I had the blueprint to that. Yeah. But I was looking at all these rich, you know, rich guys with Ferraris and Lamborghinis and all these nice trucks, and that intrigued me. Not to the most part I wanted that. It's like, how did you acquire that, knowing the state of the economy right now? Yeah. So that was the first thing. The second thing is that. When you look at your paycheck and you're like, damn, I don't work 40 hours this weekend. This is all I got. How do yeah. I make this a little bit more? You know, yeah. how do I take advantage at the end of the year when it comes to filing taxes instead of giving it all to Uncle Sam? So yeah. to go a little bit further back, you know, again, when we're younger, we were taught to say work hard, save your pennies and you'll be fine. But the problem is that we never prepare for market crashes or uh, yeah. unrest or, you know, um, um, devalue the dollar, all these things I knew nothing about. When I when I went to the, those circle of people and they started talking about stuff that was foreign to me, I had to go home and and, and research because I didn't want to look like the dumb one in the crew. Yeah. So that, that was that. So my journey started, honestly, because I, I saw the lifestyle of financial freedom of certain people and I just asked the question, why? 
when the, yeah. along with the question why you have to have courage because you're stepping out on faith that all the stuff that you learn is going to work you go research yeah. you go look at these tax laws and okay boom bam pow let me try it out so when you look at the black community you look at poor communities you look at any communities of low educated people they just think that their society their life is is um is subjected to that that's it that's all and only a very few break out because they take the time to actually educate themselves in things they want to do to make themselves a little bit better. And eventually yeah. you learn the knowledge, you see how simple it is. It's like, oh, that's it. That's all I got to do. And then you yeah. move on. But the problem is that when you go back to the same community to which you left from and you try to pass that information on, it's a couple of things that they don't want to do. They don't want to put in the time or they don't have the courage. Yeah. And so I wasn't that type of person. You know, I love my lifestyle. I like you know, my quality of life and I wanted to get better and I'm always looking to get better. And the biggest gem from looking at my, my 21 year old and 25 year old self is I took the chance to take a chance on me. Yeah. I can't blame nobody else. If I fail, I don't want to, you know, put my hands in uh, a CPA or a, a, a tax investor who has all the information and I don't have none of the knowledge. Let me go get some of the knowledge and then we can all sit at the table and we can discuss. Prime example, my mother used to say all the time is that when you take your car to the car dealership or to a repair shop, don't just be, you know, naive and ignorant when you just turn your car over. You know what's wrong with it. Research what's wrong with it to make sure that they're not, you know, taking you for your money. And that's the same yeah. when it comes to finance. That's that that's really, really interesting. And I, I can't help but assume that for you to have been hungry uh, you know, for knowledge um, and wanting to absorb like, hey, you know, I noticed that these particular individuals have a sort of financial freedom that allows them to buy, you know, these these materials or these assets. And I think it's again, going back to these sort of gurus, it's almost like I think they kind of exploit that sort of like desire in people because they'll be sitting on a Lambo holding like all these hundred dollar bills. But I but I but I. But I, what you're saying, I think, is really interesting because it's not even like, OK, you see that material and all that stuff. But it's like, how'd you get there? How'd you get there? Like, what did you do um, that I'm not doing? Yeah. You know, where you did you ever find yourself in a situation where you were struggling financially and it was like, yo, something's got to give. I need to change. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. You know, you know before I, I moved to D.C., the Metro Mel Metro Mel Metro, uh, this area, I can't get the word out of my mouth right now. Sorry. You good, you good. Um, you know, I was living paycheck to paycheck like everybody else. I was making like $35,000 a year. And I thought, honestly, coming from South Carolina, while I was making $21,000 a year, I thought I struck gold. I got a $15,000 raise, not knowing, understanding the cost of living. And mm. you know, I had kids to take care of back home in South Carolina, sending money home and, and paying my light bill, water bill, rent, all these things. And, and at the end of the pay period, I only have $200 left over. I said, how is this possible? How is this possible that I, I'm living my dream? I'm working in the career field that I want to work in. But yet now this intralayer position that I have is only, you know, yielding me $200 at the end of the pay period. So, wow. I mean, I struggle. I mean, you know, and, and I rolled pennies up and I saved. I couldn't go to the club sometimes. And, you know, I had to make real sacrifices. And, you know, it takes a while before you meet certain people and then the light bulb, you know, clicks and says, okay, this is how you do it. And it took yeah. me moving from D.C. to L.A. to say, all right, this is how you do it. Um, 
I didn't want to buy property in LA because I didn't, I knew I wasn't going to be living out there, you know, past so many years. But the yeah. knowledge that I gained about the market when the market crashed, nothing, everything is a perfect storm when you have an opportunity to learn because if the market did not crash in 2008, 2009, 2007, I may not have a chance to meet these young men, these gentlemen who was invested in, in the, the um, distressed and depressed properties and was talking. I thought they was doing wrong. It's like, that's messed up. Y'all buying properties from people who lost their homes. He said, wait a minute. We didn't tell him to sign these documents. We're sitting <laughs> on cash. We paid attention to the market. We knew what was about to happen. And now it's time for us to take advantage of it. Yeah. And when you hear it like that, it don't make you feel bad when you look at the market and you're saying to yourself, oh, you about to lose your house? I'm sorry, but let me help you out or let me go ahead and take a discount on this distressed property and then make money on it. Because the benefit of the tax code and what you can benefit through the government, you can leverage that to increase your wealth and reinvest in something else the next following year. Yeah. And that's the main thing. <laughs> you know, when I look at the tax code, I look at opportunities. I don't, I'm not afraid of the IRS. I look at if I operate within the confines of what y'all tell me to do, I can enrich myself because that's what everybody else is doing. Yeah. That's what I did. That's that's good. And, and, and you know, it's, it's interesting because when you talk about, you know, individuals that kind of grow up and they, OK, if you, you go to school, you get a degree, you get a job, then you can be wealthy. But I feel like this is the what I describe like a financial matrix, you know what I mean, where it's like it's you, you're taking what you're given. And God bless a lot of our parents, especially if you have immigrant parents. Mm -hmm. um, the only thing they knew was survival. It, it wasn't intended really. Hey, this is how you build wealth. This mm -hmm. is how you make a legacy for the next generation. It was like it was essentially trying to impart to you what they believed was safe. If you do this, you don't have to struggle the way I did coming into this country, having to learn a new language, et cetera, et cetera. But it seems like the next generation, you know, I feel I, I feel like there's a bit of a spectrum when it comes to this sort of matrix, because I feel like this sort of matrix is 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 really mental because you and I feel like any anybody that's able to kind of free themselves from that are those are the ones that are like disruptors of the economy, so to speak. They're the ones that end up paving paths, whether however polarizing, whether you like them, whether you don't like them, like they, they, they do something unconventional. They question the status quo. So that being said, I feel like when, when individuals say, wait a second, maybe I don't want to go to school for the next 10, 12 years. Maybe I don't want to, you know, pay off student loans for like the next few decades. And I think it's easy for anybody to desire those things. I think, you know, who wouldn't want to just skip school and just go off to making millions? But to your point, I don't think everybody's willing to kind of do the work. And and, and, I, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I don't know if it's the Marines, but it's that saying that's like everybody want to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Exactly. exactly. And, and, and essentially, like, if for you, how do you... Because I, I, what, what you described, like how you kind of want to teach people certain things and they obviously want to, but they're unwilling to do the work. Like I'm saying this as a Latino, there's plenty of Latinos that I've attempted to educate just on the fundamentals. Like I'm not going to sit here and, and pretend like I'm, you know, a billionaire or anything like that. But by God's grace, I'm not where I used to be financially. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm in a much, much better place. And 
you know, uh, having certain licenses or certifications that I'm not going to mention here because I want to keep them. Mm-hmm. But like, I, 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 like whenever I bring up the market with like some of my fellow Latinos, uh, particularly the those that kind of come to this country, mm-hmm. there's this apprehension. They're like, uh, I don't know. I, I, and, and it's the whole you fear what you don't understand sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because you could say something like, yo, let's 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 go out to eat. Let's go party. People will spend, you know, tens, hundreds of dollars for that without a second thought versus if you say, hey, let's put a couple hundred dollars together and try to pull together, you know, three percent and invest in this uh, multi-level, you know, saying unit or something. Eh, I don't know about that. Why do you think, in your opinion, in in, in your experiences, people are so accustomed Mm -hmm. to spending and when it comes to whether it's investing in property, whether it's investing in the market or even just investing in yourself, why do you think that people are so stuck in that matrix of conformity? Nobody, nobody understands how money works. That's the main thing. Hmm. You have money and you have assets. And in most, you know, I, low educated areas, they think money and assets are the same thing. And when you explain mm-hmm. to them they're not the same thing, they don't hold the same value, it blows their yeah. mind. It's like, well, I got a million dollars in cash over here. You're telling me that this house and this land is equal or greater to this million dollars of cash? How? How? How, Sway? How? And then when you right. start breaking it down to them, it's like, oh, that's too much for me. Ah, that's too much. You, you, you do it. You do too much. So yeah. you, you have a, this is my mentality about anything. You have a group of 10 people. They all have one person that have courage to move the whole the whole herd. And and most time it's in your own home. And the reason I say that because I, I, my son is 27, our daughter is 24, and we have a 13-year-old. And even my 13-year-old, they all talk about buying a house because they see me do it. They see how simple it is to do it. You know, I only need 3% down and I can do this and I can do that. Like, yeah, that seems simple, but you it has to be one leader in the house to give courage to the whole group of people. But when you look at some of the people who are afraid, like, you know, when you're in your community, the Latino community, you you talk to people, especially who don't understand the market, and they come to the United States. And let's be honest, it's very, our financial system can be very um, um, complicated, um, sure. very intimidating. Um, and they just like, if I work, I just want money. If I work, I just want money. But when you sit there and tell them that cash is a depreciating asset that well, it's not even an asset. It's a depreciating value that, that goes down daily. Because I explained to my son one day, I said, you can have a million dollars in in your bank account, but the bank is less likely to give you a loan on the million dollars that you have because they understand yeah. the million dollars is not the same value as you having three or four houses in your in your in your in your asset bill. And yeah. they're willing to talk to this person who has assets versus the man who has hard cash. Because sometimes they might say, why do you need the cash? You know, you already got cash. You know, I need, I got it because, you know, the market crash tomorrow and this million dollars is worth half of what you already have. So, I mean, mm. you know, when you explain these fundamentals to people like that, they're like, you know, that's just too much for me. And then they'll walk away or they'll look away from you. It's like, well, you just do it. Well, when you try to bring everybody together and say, no, this needs to be a joint venture. I can teach everybody, but eventually I want y'all to break off and do your own thing. So definitely, right. I don't have to carry the group no more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's the good thing about my family is that when I look at my kids, they tell me I want to buy a house and build assets as well. That makes me because I don't, 
I don't have to worry about, you know, carrying the group no more. It's like, you know, y'all on your own, y'all doing fine. And I need to leave my money alone. You can't do your own thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's good. And, 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 and let me ask you, because, you know, the, the prevailing asset that, you know, what we've, been, we've mentioned so far is real estate. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's a very sexy, attractive investment. If I, you know, YouTube uh, investing in real estate, there's going to be no shortage <laughs> of different individuals giving their perspective. Um, and I don't want to pay, paint everybody with one brush, but I'm sure that, you know, some people know what they're doing. Others, maybe not so much and on a front and in, in, in any sort of industry. You're going to have the pretenders, you know, as well as those that are actually like disrupting uh, the industry for you. OK. And I, and I want to make this as practical as possible. All right. I, I only got maybe a couple thousand dollars in the bank right now. All right. Let's say I my my credit is, eh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not loving my nine to five. You know, I I, I, sit, I constantly find myself at lunch thinking like, yo, is this really the way that I want to spend my life? Mm-hmm. Very much like so many different middle class Americans these days. What it, what are some practical, universal first couple steps for for anyone who wants to step out of the matrix of this sort of status quo life? Mm-hmm. Like what, what are some practical first steps that s- someone could take? You know, first, you know, you sit down and you write down what you want to do. That's what I did. What, what do you want to do? You know, my wife would say, you ought to sell houses because she's so good with people and you love showing people stuff. And it was actually our house. I just love walking people through my house and say, hey, look what she did. And, you know, so take a list of and just take an inventory of what you would like to do. If you wasn't working today, what are the five things that you'd be doing outside of what you're doing right now? So that's the first thing. The yeah. second thing is that you whittle your list down to three things. Let's say take the top three. That's practical that you can do like right now yeah and then you make a decision you you don't care how you do it close your eyes and point at it take a dartboard and throw a dart at it whatever and run with that and the first thing after you you figure out what you want to do you go get you an llc plain and simple get you an llc and once you get your llc get your ein number and then get you the articles of organizations or or articles or whatever operations and go to the bank and open up a business bank account. Fund it. When I sit here and say that these are the simple things that I learned in, in the little group of people, they told me once you fund it, then ask for a line of credit. Ask for somebody else's money to fund your dream. Hmm. Once you get this line of credit, be studious about what you're going to do with it because, again, you're going to have to pay this money back. Right, it's right. Not free money, but you somebody's funding your dream, and that's what I would tell people to do first. I don't like, you know, I I got three of them. I got three businesses, and you know, my my, my I manage my own properties, and I got the, I'm starting my transport business, and then you know I'm working on that and doing stuff with that, and then I have the real estate business too as well, and my wife has her own business too as well, and my son wants to open up a business because he has his uh his HVAC license and my daughter wants to do something. This, the young one down there wants to do something. It's infectious. That's what it is. Cause when you show this level of courage amongst yourself, other people are going to see it and they want to do it. So again, to answer your question that what you can do right now is practical. Ask yourself, if I wasn't doing this, what will I do that I want to do? And don't yeah. quit your day job just yet. Don't cause I haven't yeah. got mine. A lot of people like this. Oh, I'm going here on faith. I'm going to take a leap of faith. I'm, 
I get that, but don't don't, don't about it. Yeah, don't don't shoot yourself in the foot because you still got to pay rent. You still got to you know pay your light bill and water bill and all that stuff. So take your time with it because the reason why I believe and I see it is that these LLCs and the I and these bank accounts and you're funding it and you're making it, you might make a hundred dollars on your venture one month. You might make two hundred dollars. You're building up your you're building up your your portfolio in the bank and you're building up you know your clientele base. You can take advantage of the tax code and come when you start writing all these deductions down that you got from a legal business. With yeah. all the tax breaks that you get, you save that money to find a bigger venture next year. And that's what a lot of business people do. They look at how much money they don't have to pay in taxes or when they get back from the federal government to reinvest into um, uh, R&R, you know what I'm saying, research and redevelopment, R&D, research and development, you know, to try to build, build out. And that's what I'm doing. I, I take mine. So, okay, well, I got this, like, not to talk too much. I got like $16,000 just for myself and, you know, all my deductions. I didn't owe no taxes and, you know, since I got money back. And I took that money and I said, okay, let's figure out something to do. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, you know, get a zero debt balance. So when you do go to the bank, you say, give me another line or increase my line of credit. They're willing to give it to you because, you, you know, your debt ratio, you have access. So, that's how it works. So again, to answer your question, that's what you do. You, you go get your LSC, you take a chance on yourself, you go get your EIN, make it legit with the federal government. If you need to get a business license from the local government, research that, get that, and start there. Go to the bank, get your um, your articles on organizations, and open up a, um, a bank account. Do not co-mingle your money. I'm going to say it again. Do not co-mingle your money because you don't want to, you know, that's, it's a headache. It's a headache. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to make it uh, a headache to the IRS. The next thing that headache is projected on you. Exactly. Or yeah. whatnot. And, 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 you know, like, it's interesting because, you know, with, like, you, you echo the sentiment a lot in terms of, like, taxes, taxes, taxes. And, you know, it's interesting. I was listening to, uh, I can't remember if it was, uh, it was the author of, like, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Robert and he's... There you go. Yeah, he says something that you said earlier. He's like, he's like, I don't use my own money. He's like, rich people do not use their own money, and they talked. He he talked uh, essentially about you know, um, he uses debt. Mm -hmm. You know, he uses debt. He's like, he he's like, let me ask you. And he was asking. Uh, I think it's like probably his famous interview where he talked real spicy to that dude from, uh, I think Ukraine or Turkey. I can't remember. Oh, and, uh, uh, Patrick Davis. I think so. It was like it was a it was a it was a dude over in uh in Europe that he was talking to, and he was he he got Robert got real spicy with him, and uh, he he was like he's like let me ask you something. He's like, do you pay debt on your uh do you pay taxes on your house? Do you pay tax all this? And he asked him. He's like, you know what you don't pay taxes on? He's like debt. Mm -hmm. He's like you don't pay taxes on debt, and and it's interesting because you have like so many different people like the Dave Ramseys that speak about debt in such a like 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 it is the war is like of the devil you know what i mean and like for him he does kind of add like a spiritual twist and here's here's my personal take and i'd love to get your take on dave ramsey for me i feel like he's good for the person that might just be like up to their neck in debt and it just has no discipline i, I feel like he's a good like starter guy mm -hmm. but i don't think that he's good long term 
I, 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 that's my personal opinion. What, what, what's your take on uh, the Dave Ramsey? You know, when you look at Dave Ramsey, he's more a conservative approach for like a middle class family who don't want to really take a chance. You know, do these things, reduce your debt, save money, and hope that, you know, your savings give you something that you can retire on and have a great life. No debt, no debt. Yeah. When you look, take the Robert Kiyosaki approach, it's like debt is like good cholesterol and bad cholesterol. All cholesterol is not bad. You know, you got your good and your bad. True. And he broke it down. And he says your, your bad debt is stuff that doesn't do anything. You go get a credit card from Sears and you buy a stove or you buy a car or you buy some shoes. All that's bad debt. Good debt is what you take and you use other people's money in a sense to buy assets, houses, land, gold, silver, whatever, cryptocurrency, something that you can build your asset class up in. And yeah. Dave Ramsey, I listened to Dave Ramsey for many years and uh, great, great information about, you know, get rid of student loans and, and you know, lowering your debt ratio and, 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 and saving for your kids colleges and 401ks, all that. He had a lot of good stuff, but he didn't tell you how to go create a business. He did yeah. not tell you how to leverage an asset to gain more assets and take a chance on that. You know, with Robert Kiyosaki, he tells you the truth. High risk equals high reward. You know what I'm saying? Plain and simple. You know, there's a chance that you may lose everything. But if you hit big and you do everything like you're supposed to, your life is going to be good. It's going to be great. Yeah. Dave yeah. Ramsey says, don't take the risk. You know what I'm saying? Save your penny. Slow rewards. Now, he may talk about, you know, diversifying and, you know, spreading out your portfolio so they're, you know, uh, one thing won't kill you. But Robert Kiyosaki do too as well. He tells you the five asset classes that you should have your money in at all times. You know, he says very little in stocks and bonds because it's not tangible. But if you want yeah. to invest in it, you know, do it. Gold and silver, cryptocurrency, real estate, you know what I'm saying, and land. He said if you have your assets in those classes right there, you'll be fine because not one thing will kill you in that matter of fact. Yeah. And yeah. I and and some of those are defensive stocks anyway, that whenever like, you know, the economy's in a pinch or whatever, people typically shift their investments over to those commodities such as gold and real estate and stuff like that. Yeah. And 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 that's the main thing because when I when I watched the market in two thousand eight and I saw the the stock market was crashing. The one question that came up to me is like, where are they putting their money at? Y'all taking all this money out. Where are y'all sticking it? Right. You know, they're sticking it in, you know, CDs or bonds overseas or whatever. And they're sticking it mostly in precious metals and commodities. And it's like, why would you stick it in oil? You know, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. And I, and once I started educating myself, like, oh, I see why you're sticking in commodities. I see why you do all this stuff. You know, and I see why you send it overseas. I see why you send it to a country where, you know, the, the, the income tax rate is like two percent or some some crazy nonsense like that. Well, we we we're charging a twenty four for you know at the time it was twenty four twenty five percent for personal income and for business thirty six percent, which was ridiculous. And yeah, so when you learn all these things, it's like mm, let me learn this tax code because you saying you get rich off the tax code. The tax code how how sway how? And then when you when you start reading into it, it's like mm, I get it, I understand. Yeah, yeah, and and that's and that, and, and that being said, because I feel like it, it, whether somebody you know falls into the demographic where they share the convictions that a Dave Ramsey might share, or for others that you know they want to follow the rich dad philosophy, 
uh, and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I do think that it's almost like everyone, I feel like everyone gets catered to, mm-hmm. you know, to a degree. Yeah. Um, how, how would you advise someone to find out their own financial philosophy like that, that might work for them? Dave Ramsey might work for, you know, the person like, like the, like the person that's super over leveraged has a lot of bad debt. None of it is in assets, but like, but to your point, you know, he's not necessarily going to help you out in terms of where to invest your money. Um, I think the number one thing that I hear him recommend is like growth stock mutual funds, which is cool and all, because it's automatically diversified. But if we're talking about building wealth, because I think that that's kind of the key here. And and, 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 and I, w- I would love to hear your definition. My personal definition is somebody who's rich is someone who has a lot of money versus someone who's wealthy is someone whose money is working and producing more money. Yes. You know, so like you could theoretically speaking, like if I made 80K passively by not clocking in one hour at my job and let's say my costs like my expenses are around 50k a year me personally i i would be like yo that person is wealthy mm-hmm. you know what i mean because like that and it's because i feel like it's not so much the amount although you know i guess that that that's more subjective mm-hmm. but i feel like it's, it's like i if i'm not mistaken i think there's like some crazy stat showing that every single person who's won the lottery went broke like uh, a percentage of them. So it goes to show that if you came up, that does not fix the pro. It's almost like the, the people that you could be grossly obese or overweight, you get the surgery, but the problem, the root isn't, isn't really like fixed or anything. How do you, how do you think like people can like start shaping out a financial philosophy, the very much how somebody who could start to like unlearn unhealthy eating habits or anything like that? You know, you know, first thing, you, and I know this sounds crazy, is that um, you find a mentor. You just you just go find one. You just hang around some of these places and hope that somebody grabs you. If that doesn't happen, you know, thank God for YouTube. There's all kind of, like I said, nice. all kind of stuff on YouTube because I always tell people, if I had YouTube when I was in college, I probably would have been on the dean's list every semester. But, <laughs> yeah, but um, so that's the first thing. Again, it's all about starting with you. If you really want it and you you want to be wealthy, find a mentor. Find somebody who's willing to talk to you about money and how money works. Um, Again, if you don't find that, go to YouTube and look at some of these people. Look at 50 Cent when he talks. Because he did a great video about he went into a shoe store and the shoes was like eight, seven, eight hundred dollars. There was some eight thousand dollar shoes. He's like, that's crazy. You may buy shoes to walk, but I can take this money to go buy a car and drive. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, when it comes to wealth, the second thing is that you have to understand being rich is one thing, but wealthy is more as a mindset. Okay. You know, I, I can have a million dollars. And like you said, the statistic of a lot of people who was poor go broke if they win the lottery because they don't know what to do with the money. They don't know how to reinvest it. And that's the yeah. wealthy mindset is how do I reinvest this money so I can make money in my sleep? That's what I yeah. want. It's like I know the check is coming because I know I got investments that's yielded me a return. Um, yeah. So you have to explain that mindset because I have a mentor because he comes to my house every now and then. He's like, man, you got a nice house, nice life. How you know how long did it take you to get there? And I told him, I said, it takes years, but it's years of constantly reinventing yourself and taking a chance on you. 
every idea is not going to work. Everything is not going to work, but you find a niche that works for you and you work the shit out of it until you, you know, you get where you need to be. The yeah. last thing I can tell people is that look at your personal bank account and say, it doesn't take much to go buy a house. You may not be able to buy your first piece of property or start your first business in the area you would like because the United States is vast. It is big. And that's one thing I had to get out of my own way. Cause I just like, I like DC. I just want to buy properties in DC. You know, I'm working on my fourth one right now um, because I like the market here and I understand that the market here holds its value. Um, you know, I just, I just like it. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. you got Utah, you got Wyoming, you got, you know, you know, Louisiana, you got all kinds of places to, to create opportunities. Don't think that your immediate surrounding is the only place that you can actually make a million dollars. A lot of people who became wealthy had to leave their city sometimes to go get the wealth and come back and bring it back and then do something in their own city. So don't wow. be afraid to, to venture out. And, and to put a cap on things is that when I talk to my mentee all the time, I take them to places where wealthy people hang out and understand the mindset. Look at how they dress. Look at how they talk. Look how their mannerism is. Because when you become wealthy, you have to start changing things about yourself. You can't yeah. go to the same hood spots no more. You can't you can't do certain things no more because you have now real responsibilities that you have to maintain. And that's the main key is that I have to change this, like you said, of how I operate when I deal with people. Because, I, you know, I love the wire and the wire, it, regardless of how bad it was, they taught you so much. And there was a scene in the wire with Marlo went to the Russians and he brought a briefcase of dirty money. Even though it equaled the money that he wanted for the drugs, he said, I can't take that. The Russians pushed it away. You know, the connects pushed it away. He said, bring me back some clean money. And that made Marlo think it's like, yeah, I can't bring this. I can't think like this. I can't, I can't be like this. I got to mm -hmm. do it the right way. And yeah. a lot of people tend to do it backwards. And, um, and I always say, so, you know, you know, take your time because if you do it the right way, trust me, that's less headaches in your life when you have to sit in front of a, um, a auditor and they're going through your receipts probably, you know, knock on wood. Yeah. They they haven't me yet. And that's, that's, those are the, those are the main things. Those are the main sticking points. Yeah, no, that's good. And, and I think that that, um, it's, it's, I feel like, you know, you, you, you said a phrase earlier that I hear a lot and that's kind of getting out of your own way. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I am a huge believer because I'm a habitual abuser of getting in my own way mm -hmm. a couple of times. So just for the listeners uh, right now, I, I almost want to give them an on the spot example. All right. One of the things that I've started out right now was this podcast. OK. And for me, I started off, you know, I was questioning myself, like, do I want this to be a hobby or do I want this to be a business? And I had to I had to be really honest with myself, because if it's going to be a hobby, there's going to be a lot more freedom with it because, there, you know what I mean? Like the commitment isn't as defined. It's mm -hmm. almost like, you know, if I may be brash here, you know, you talking to a female. Are we are we, are we for real? Or are we just we just cooling. Yeah. And if y'all just cooling, there's there's not as many rules. Versus, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like 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 if there, there there's a relationship, there's a defined relationship. And for, because the second that I tell myself, okay, this is going to be a business, I automatically f f I just adopted a child, mm -hmm. and it's my uh, responsibility to nurture, to grow it. Mm -hmm. um, 
and introduce it to the market, see what the market responds to and start a conversation with the market. Mm -hmm. And if the market's not talking back and I'm only talking to myself after a little while, then I'm like, okay, I need to regroup or even scrap it or just turn it into a hobby. You know, Um, if, if, if I was, you know, coming to you as a mentee, which, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and I low key want to be one. (laughs) But like, if I come to you, I'm like, Hey, you know, uh, Mr. Hemingway, if I if I want to turn this podcast into a business, because, right? Because I, I think that there are obviously different industries have different things. You know, I, I'm, I may not necessarily apply something that applies to real estate to podcast, but what are some universal business things that okay? How can I how can I scale this podcast? I mean, you look at honestly, everything is a business when it comes to news because a you're showing behavior. That's the first thing I say. Um, if you're talking about money, always lead it back to personal behavior. That was what I would do. Because, I mean, I guess I'm a counselor by nature. And what I mean by that is they say, you know, you you, 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 you was at work, you came up with a, a good topic for the day, and, and make sure that it leads back to personal behavior. Because the reason I say this is because when I was a probation officer, I always led behavior back to money. I'm going to say it again. Yeah. always led behavior back to money. And the reason I say that because I had people on my caseload who robbed banks and I would ask them, I said, okay, how much did you get from the bank? Oh, I got $30,000. Cool. How much time did you spend in prison? Whew, 18 years. Let's divide that 30 by 18. Was it worth it? No. You could have got a job and made X amount of dollars. There's a statistic out there right now. Somebody who with a high school diploma can make maybe $100,000 maybe you know, within a lifetime of $200,000. And this is back in the days when I was this. If you're somebody with a college degree, you can make a million dollars within their lifetime. And that's one thing I try to tell people. Find the skills that pay the bills. So when you're talking about certain financial aspects or opportunities, you just link it to career opportunities that's going to get you where you need to go. When I look at different podcasts and different um, people having talking points, they talk about finances for a little bit, and then they talk about job opportunities that's going to get you there. And that's when people open up. It's like, okay, I see you talking about money. How do I go get it? And then when you tell them, okay, well, you know, it only takes 18 months of training this or 12 months, you know, and then you, you know, you start getting them to understand and say, hey, if, if you want to be a, a certified plumber, yeah, here's a class and who's hiring over here or whatever. But yeah, right. let's talk about the business aspect about it. What do you have to do to make sure that this is your baby? Like you said, you cultivate it to make sure you put yourself in the marketplace of, um, of plumbers and make sure that you reach to the top level to being the best plumber in, in, yeah. your, in your career field. And that's one thing because people are only going to listen about finances for so long until they you know, say, how can I go get it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So just making it practical. Yeah. And, 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 and I think that, that that's one thing that whether these you know financial gurus or whatever gurus because i feel like um they're out there these content creators have been able to master is that they've made it digestible Mm -hmm. and they've made it practical so whether it's somebody who you know says hey these are five ways to lower your body fat you know here are here are 10 easy simple steps to start a business or what have you those are the ones that typically like spark spike the algorithm because people are clicking on them, they're rewatching them, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And 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 to me, you know, just to be a bit transparent with you and my listeners, I I have I haven't decided if I wanted to do that with the podcast yet, mm-hmm. only because 
I feel like, and I think I heard Mark Cuban say this. He says you could either follow the dream or follow the green. Mm-hmm. You know, like if there's a particular topic that I talk about that's going to spike the numbers up mm-hmm. versus what I want to talk about and, you know, the thing that might matter to me most, then there's an automatic conflict. Do I want to stay true to myself or do I essentially want to invite the market to kind of dictate which direction I want to go for the sake of being lucrative? Now, obviously, there's I, I do think that it may not necessarily be 100 percent of conflict. I think you could do a little bit of both. Um, but for me personally, I haven't decided if that's a price I'm willing to pay just now. So for right now, for season one, for all of my incredible listeners, you know, at least for right now, y'all could count on me just like picking out the topics that I, I want to talk about, you know, and stuff like that. But I, I, I and I and the reason why I even, you know, am breaking the quote unquote fourth wall here by mentioning my podcast is because to the listeners who whether it's like you make muffins or whether it's like, you know, you have certain certifications, whether it's the HVAC or whether you decide like, you know what, I'm a great singer. You know, I want to pursue this, whatever it is whatever trade skill or what have you, I, I, I think it's important to at least, even if it's like, because I think I heard that the average millionaire has about four to seven streams of income, you know? And the interesting thing is that they all don't necessarily have to be like seven different jobs or seven different careers because you could technically like, okay, if I'm a, a chef or something. Okay, cool. I work for a particular restaurant and, you know, on the side of my meal prep. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh, because I'm able to build a following on social media, uh, I'm going to come out, uh, you know, with reels that I can monetize or, or TikToks to like, you know, to get more eyes. Oh, now I'm going to specialize in proprietary dishes, uh, for this restaurant. Um, and, 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 and maybe I could even like uh, license a franchise uh, and own that on my own. Matter of fact, next year, I'm going to come out with a cookbook. You get what I'm saying? There's there's different there's different like branches you could create from one industry if that's what you're most knowledgeable in. Because I also don't want to confuse people and think, OK, I got to go and create seven different businesses. Like, how can I possibly juggle these seven? But you can you can actually like create them from like one particular industry. And, you know, in talking about my podcast, I want like the same sort of principles, like, you know, for individuals, regardless of whatever industry that they're in, to take that sort of courage, to have that sort of passion for themselves, uh, the same way that they, you know, force themselves and have the discipline to go to work Mm -hmm. every morning. And, you know, I heard somebody say, you know, it's interesting because you'll, you know, if you're broke and you absolutely need a job, you'll, you'll go to five interviews. And if all of them say no, you're going to keep interviewing. Mm -hmm. But for the individual, you'll start a business and guess what? It it flopped. You'll be like, you know what? The same meant for me. So it's interesting that people are willing to commit more to being an employee and not have the same sort of uh, uh, determination and perseverance to push through for their own businesses. Because as Mark Cuban always says, you only got to be right once. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You only got to be right once. It's funny you said it because I have a friend, and um, (laughs) he was a probation officer, just like I was. Actually, it's two of them together. They they started their own business. And they started selling medical marijuana now. Yeah. Once it became legal, and it's like, okay, I know what not to do because 
they had a caseload of you know <laughs> who did it wrong. You know what I'm saying? But now they're they have a lucrative business. They're about to open up a couple of shops. You know, I'm you know I'm happy for them. Um, we always talk shop about businesses and stuff like that. They're going in a different track. You know, I'm going over here. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, you you, you wrap your around, yourself around people who are creating opportunities. Who, you know, each one teach one. I say steel sharper steel, and you know, we can encourage each other. You know, it's like, you know, I would not leave you in the wind if I can say, okay, this is what I think can work for you. I can't make you do it, but sure. having that encouragement around you, that that the, the 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 brotherhood of businesses or whatever to say, hey. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure you don't fail. Let's let's keep pushing. Let's you know keep putting our shoulder to the wheel and keep pushing up the hill, type deal. And um, and that's what I do with my friends because you know when I'm I'm looking for opportunity and I missed opportunity or I don't I don't I don't have enough cash on hand or whatever. You know, it, it get it gets somewhat discouraging because you're like, man, I missed that opportunity. I, you're like, I want to buy a house around the corner for me, and it's like, ah, you know. I'm, I'm stressed in right now, cash right now, cash trapped. So, you know, you try to figure out, you know, how to how to gain resources to go get what you want. Um, yeah. That, that support network. And, you know, like, you know, it's nothing for you to take the same model of let me go get an EIN, let me start a, a filming corporation and get an LLC for it and get you a bank account so you can benefit from, you know, the materials that you use to for your business, you know. You know, the cameras are all these things that, you know, you can start benefiting from. And and that's anybody. Just set it up in a way that, you know, if you don't get no money right now, but at the end of the year when you write do your taxes, you know that you got deductions that you can write off that can help you out later on and can, you know, give you more, you know, financial, you know, back in some kind of way. That's good. That's good. And I, and I think what you're saying there is key, because I remember when we spoke about real estate, you were telling me about the amount of different write offs that you could have everything from like, you know, the gas mileage that you're going to be using to get to the to the property, to the car that you use. And, and, and it's 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 interesting because to me, it the more you t- started talking about that and even today as we're speaking about it, it's almost as if the tax code was meant for business owners and to incentivize those to own businesses. But it seems that even just the word taxes is so intimidating to, to, to some individuals that it's you don't really have too many people kind of venturing out to even like start a business officially. I think you'll have a ton of people doing side hustles, but not a lot of people are actually going to the state mm-hmm. and registering it under a limited liability corporation. You know, and that's the sad part about it. I, I understand why a lot of people don't want to report their earnings because they, they're afraid of the tax man. I get it. I, I, I get it. But there are so many different opportunities when you understand the tax code within what you're doing. See, you might be making, you know, widgets over here, and that tax code is different versus somebody over here with real estate or business. And you're absolutely right. The tax code is really there to prop up businesses. You know, yeah. and, and a lot of people don't understand it. It's like, you know, prime example, you know, people who drive Uber, right? You know, they don't have a business set up to say, okay, the money I make from Uber goes right into my business account because I have a transport company. They look at it like it's coming to my personal account. Now you have to report that as income and you get limited deductions on that. But when you have a yeah. business, you get depreciation. Oh, when I learned about depreciation, it was like, oh, the, the world just opens up to you. You know, talk about what is what, what, what is depreciation? 
So when you have an asset that, that you need, and the main two depreciations for my circle is my car and my homes. And so the, the government gives you so many years to write off a property with depreciation. So the easiest one I can say is a house. And when you look at depreciation of a house, you take the value of the house and the federal government allows you to write off that house over a, a stance of 27 and a half years. All right. So you take 27 and a half years and divide it by the value of the house. So if you have a million dollar home, you say, okay, a million dollars divided by 27 years. You can take that deduction every year for the next 27 and a half years. So imagine if you have passive income and non-passive income. So it helps with deductions. If you have a short-term rental, that makes it even better because now you can offset some of those deductions because the federal government and the tax code is that if you have a short-term rental that you're in out seven average of seven days or less, then it becomes non-passive income. So you can write, it can go to write off the deduction to your W-2 wages too as well. So that's the depreciation. I'm not going to get too much into that, but um, but when it comes to your car, if you use your car to go back to back and forth to your rental property to do maintenance or whatever, you can write off your car because now you use your car in the business, and the federal government lets you write off the, the um your car over over a stand of five years. So to make the math easy, say you got a fifty thousand dollar car, the federal government allows you to write it off over a span of five years. So you take five years times fifty thousand. You can take another depreciation cost over the next five years for your car, for your business. And when I learned these things, I was like, man, I need to go ahead and get more businesses so I can, you know, take advantage of these deductions. And when you eventually finish doing your taxes or your CPA finish doing your taxes, you're, you're never in the red. You're very, very seldom in the red. You're always in the green. Stay animal mm -hmm. because the local gives you businesses, deductions, we give you tax incentive for business too as well because they look at it like this, and this is my understanding. If you have a business and you're having, you know, you're generating wealth, then the government doesn't have to take care of you. So they, they, you know, there's less tax dollars they got to pay for, you know, you know, Medicaid and Medicare, all these other benefits, welfare programs, stuff like that, because you generate income for yourself. It's, yeah. it's like a bonus to say thank you for not, you know, you know, <laughs> taking out, you know, our, our tax dollars to, to to fund your lifestyle. So I, right. I encourage people to say, if you're doing it illegal, try to get it legal so you can benefit from some deductions because, you know, eventually they're going to figure it out. It's like, wait a minute, you know, you ain't working in five years, but yet, you know, you got $4,000 of cash and you're, how does this work? There's only two ways. You're working illegally, you're not reporting it, or you're selling drugs and that's even worse. You know what I'm saying? That's how they call Al Capone. The man was like, he was elusive for all those years, but it ended up being tax evasion that ended up being his undoing. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and, and one thing I got to say, you know, I tell people the level of courage that you have to have with yourself is one thing. That's just that's just you got to have sure. courage. Sure. But the main thing, me and my friend, we talk about this all the time. Change your algorithm in life. Change your algorithm because 50 Cent says it best too as well. You, you, you're not going to be no better than the, the, the cat that you're hanging out with. If you're not selling dope, you're gonna be selling dope, or you're gonna be just like him because y'all ain't you know, both of you're not going nowhere. You yeah. have to take the courage that I need to go over here. It's, it's my journey in life. I remember like it was yesterday. I went to my homeboys. I said I'm going to the military, 
And like, you know, the military ain't for no black man. I said, well, they got money. I need yeah. college money. I'm going to get yeah. the money. I'm getting shot at on the street for free. Why not get Yo. paid for it? Yo. <laughs> so, so yeah. and, and you know, and, and once you step away from the herd, you know, they, they're going to shine you. They're going to call you a seller. They're going to call you all kind of names. But then when they, 20 years later, they look at your lifestyle and like, man, you made the right decision. You made the right choice. And then they yeah. ask you, how can I get on? I was like, man, it ain't too late for you. And it's not too late, but you got to have courage. You got to learn how to change your algorithm in life. It means whatever you look at on YouTube, start looking at some financial stuff or look at some history stuff. Quit looking at the rap videos and the, and the boogie shaking on Instagram and all the other stuff. It looks nice, but change your algorithm. Throw some other stuff in your algorithm. That's good. And, and I think that that's extremely important because, like, if you think about it, man, and I'm not against recreation, I'm not against entertainment, mm -hmm. but I do think that part of us being stuck in this matrix is that when we're not working for somebody else, we're essentially giving other people our money and our attention mm -hmm. for absolutely free. And the thing that, at least on the internet, what everyone's fighting for, what the reason why last night my wife and I, we could look at uh, uh, different mattresses mm -hmm. and then I get on YouTube or I get on Instagram and all of a sudden I see all this, all these ads about mattresses is because everyone's the, the currency. I feel like of the matrix is attention. Mm -hmm. If I could get your attention. If I could create a platform to where like people are coming and, and, and I'm grabbing their attention, they're they're engaging all the time, then then I'm able to get uh, uh, revenue from advertising and this, that and the third. And then if the more eyes look at these ads for their products, the more they can make. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel like it's it, it, it almost sounds counterintuitive. Like you said, because I remember when we first met, that was one of the uh, advices you gave you gave to me, like, yo, change your algorithm. It like. And I, and, and I did that. When I came home, I was like, let me log on to my YouTube. I want to see everything that it recommends to me. <laughs> and I, I, I'm not even going to lie. I did a little bit of inventory and I'm like, I got I got some things to switch up a little bit. But I noticed it really only took a couple of days. It wasn't this huge cleanse. Mm. For a couple of days, I started looking at, you know, uh, so one of the things that I'm trying to aim for is like to become a morning person. Yeah. So I started looking at uh, a couple a couple people's like morning stuff. Like they wake up at five and like the things that they intake, like the kind of coffee, tea, or whatnot. And then like this one dude, crazy guy, he was like, he does this whole routine at five a.m. to where he takes some tea or something to make him take a dump, just so he could go and run. <laughs> And, but, but I was surprised at how detailed like, that he brought that up. And I'm just like, okay, um, I don't know what to do with this info. But the more I listened, he was like, yeah, because if I go on a run, you know what I mean? Like, like, it, and, and, and my stomach is like, all right, hey, turn back now. And it was weird because he probably, he, I know he didn't mean it like this, but I, I think because I'm so used to like going to church, there was like, oh, there's a message in that. You know what I mean? Like, like before you could even go out, man, you got to get rid of the waste. You got to get rid of the, the stuff holding you down because if not, it's going to force you to turn back or whatever. And, and it was just interesting to me because then the dude ran like seven miles mm -hmm. and this is all before he went into work. And even though like I got tired just watching it, like it inspired me because it was so uncomfortable and so different. So now 
I only saw like two video of uh, two videos of his out of nowhere. I'm getting all these things like, hey, how to how to make money in the morning, how to become a morning person, how to get better sleep, how to uh, be able to like get more better quality of sleep, how to wake up and feel refreshed, how to be able to fall asleep in two minutes. And you really can manipulate like what is offered to you. And, and, and it's low key like a mirror. Mm-hmm. Like if you show the matrix, hey, this is what I'm interested that's what it's going to echo back to you. If you show the algorithm, like, yo, all I want to see is dime pieces and BBLs, yeah. that's exactly what you're going to get. <laughs> and you're not going to make, you're going to make zero dollars. Exactly. If anything, you might end up spending a couple of dollars. You can't control yourself. Next thing you know, you're subscribed to an OnlyFans. Yeah. But, 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 but your business is over there. Your little business idea is over there uh, getting webs. Meanwhile, you're out there falling into lust over you know what i'm saying over over some crazy stuff and you spending bread which you know I, I you're absolutely so right because my mentee and my son and my wife and my kids everybody done changed their algorithm they, you know they look at stuff like they want my wife she's um she has an organizing business and she's starting she, she likes to organize you know you see my house you're like you know thank god i'm married up you know <laughs> <laughs> it's not good for myself but um but she's a social worker too as well. Yeah. She, 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 she organizes and she helps with um, people going through transition. Um, they lost a loved one, you know, cause a lot of people like to, you know, hoard on to stuff and she, she helped with that. And, um, yeah. but she came to me and said, you know, you know, what should I do? How should I shape my business? She, she said, look at my website. What should I do? Look at my signs and, and stuff. Like she got her signs over here. Cause I said, well, you know, you have a website, but you want you want money from a certain class of people who are going to pay you. So we got to put these signs, you know, strategically good. in certain locations. So we have these conversations amongst each other because that's how you build. You don't you don't want to say, "Oh, girl, that's crazy." You know, that's crazy. I don't know why you're doing that job. That's going to take a lot of time. Who's going to help me? No. If you want your family to grow, we we make sacrifices, and you take over chores that normally is for my wife. I mean, I do all the, you know, certain things to help her. If she's, you know, help her move her business, you know, offset her time. If she has to go out and do something, I don't mind washing dishes and folding clothes and, you know what I'm saying? Sure. It's, it's the yeah. of the family. And um, so when, when we look at our algorithm in a sense, she started watching videos about organizing. You know, she started, you know, and it changed her whole algorithm. My son, he wanted to buy a house. My daughter wanted to buy a house. I said, look at YouTube. Don't just rely on me because I'm going to die one day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't want you to be, I don't want to be your only resource. So you have Good. to encourage people when, like my mentee, I tell them to, it's like, I'm not going to be here forever. Your goal is to make $80,000 a year. Let's get to it. You got two years to do it. You know, and I, and I tell you, this is, you know, he, he, he laughs about this and I think I like it because it's how you look at the tax code. Every okay. time I take him out to drinks or I take him out to dinner, since he stays in one of my units, it's a business expense. So I get to write that off. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the, you know, and, um, and he enjoys it too. So I like, no, don't worry about it. I got it. You know, you know, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Time. so, but that's the, you're absolutely right. You know, you have to have the courage to change your algorithm. A lot of people don't have it and they don't want to do it because they're comfortable with where they are in life and what they like just looking at. Because, not talking bad about women, but women are the worst. You know, I'm just going to be honest with you. Dude. That's a crazy sentence right there. <laughs> women are the worst about it because they can have all this education. They can have 12,000 degrees. 
you have a very few women who are willing to take a chance on themselves outside of what they're going to do. I have a friend that I work with and they, they have, you know, they bought another house and I was like, well, don't sell your house, rent it out. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to be a landlord. So when I showed her the tax code to why it's lucrative to do so and explained it to her, she's like, you know what? I'm going to keep that house. I need those yeah. deductions. And because, you know, be honest, if you have a house you live in, you have five years to sell it or you're hit with personal gains tax. But after five years, then you got to say, what do I do with this money now? Because I'm going to get hit with taxes. You go to get a, you know, a 1032 exchange. You put that money into another property and go live in that property so you get the same benefit after five years. So many tricks to the trade to make sure you yeah. don't get hit with taxes. But I had another friend, a true story, I can't make this up, because a lot of people at work saw me always looking at my TSP or my retirement account, stuff like that. And it's like, how do you, how did you do this? You know, you know, whatever. So she, she, she called me to her office and said, Hey, can you take a look at mine? That's okay. After 40 years of working for this organization, she only had $70,000 in her retirement account. Whoa. Exactly. That's what I, I said. How you, how? I, she said, I, I need to do something. I said, well, you take this money. You got, I said, take it all out. This is my, if yeah. I follows you, I'll take it all out. She said, then what I'm going to do, you go buy properties. Yeah. You go buy properties and you put people in them because you need that passive income to supplement you after you retire because you have nothing. You have you have nothing. You, you're working to die. You, you have nothing. So now you have passive income. Now you bring it. Now you can, you know, you can leverage that every year until you're ready to retire, which is, you know, the money that you get back from taxes and the money that you're making to actually supplement your income in the proper way. Yeah. So she did what I said. She bought, you know, she bought her first piece of property and she got somebody in it. And she sees now. She said, you know, that makes sense. Because we don't look, we don't look how we can benefit and be wealthy. And wealth is like you said, how do you keep the money coming in? Yeah. I have a lot of stories and one and everything's based on TV shows. I was looking at two and a half men. Yeah. And, they, and with, with Charlie Sheen when they had Charlie Sheen. And now, so Charlie Sheen, as we all know, he was a musician. He wrote jingles, whatever. He had a bad spending habit, and he went to go talk to his financial person. And I remember he said, he says, Charlie, this is this water here is your finances. So he stuck a hole. He said, normally you see this little drip coming out out the bottom of the cup. And normally you put water back in. Yeah, you're going to spend money, but you got money here. He said, so he bust a big old hole in the bottom. He said, this is you and you're not putting no water in. So that's what happened to your money. And when I saw that on TV, light bulbs went off. Like, you know what? How do I keep more money coming in? And, yeah. And that's when it that's when you change your mindset. Really? Again, my son, he wants to start his HVAC business. He's ready to do that, you know, and just like yeah. it's infectious. No, facts. And, 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 you know, I think especially like when, when, when we're, we're talking about starting your own business, uh, doing it the legit legal way by, you know, getting an LLC so that you can report uh, that income and, and take advantage of the tax code where uh, one and this is just like super practical where can people begin to start to educate themselves regarding the tax code for business owners? Just go to uh, irs.gov. I mean, um, but you have to know what you want to do. I, right, you know, right. The tax, I, I had a tax code book in my house. I can't find it. It's about that thick. Everything doesn't apply to you. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. But 
whatever you want to do is in there. And again, if you want to start a, a hot dog business, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. They'll tell you what is deductible when it comes to buying a business, rent, the simple things. You know what I'm saying? Because the tax yeah. code is not really that complex. It's complex if you're a Fortune 5 company or you're selling stocks and you got you know multi-billion dollar you know, corporations or you know high rises and all kind of stuff. That, that's when yeah. it gets complicated. But if you're just a simple businessman and you want to try to get a million dollars or in, in, in net wealth, um, it's, it's, it's fairly simple. So you don't look at it and say, let me find the tax code to which I'm going to operate my business in. No, start your business and and, uh, and, and, and find the tax code as you go on. It's like, oh, I can use this deduction. I can, it's, it's a trickle approach. You know what I'm saying? Because you won't, it's no way in the world you're going to be able to learn it all at the same time because you're going to be spending more of your time trying to, you know, fine tune your business and um, get with a, get, get with a, uh, a CA, uh, CAP, I get with a, a CPA that you can trust because all of them, yeah. all of them ain't good. You know? <laughs> um, learn what you need to learn about your own business and the tax code to what you have learned, have a conversation with them and they'll structure how you're going to do your taxes as your business go forward. Um, right now, I do my own taxes now. I do my own deductions. I learned a long time ago, it's better for me to make my own mistakes than I pay you $120 an hour, even though I can write you off because it's part of my business. <laughs> um, and you make a mistake and I'm looking to choke you out because now I'm, I'm, I missed out on $5,000 or $10,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to give a plug to anything other than yours, but it's a person on, on the internet, black young man. He's a CPA. And he gives out a lot of information about the tax code. He is phenomenal when it comes to the tax code. He knows the tax code like the back of his hand. And drop, I, drop, 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 drop his name. I would love to look into it. His name is Carlton Dennis. Carlton, Carlton Dennis. And I, okay. I, he's like my Bible to anything. Um, he's out of L.A. Um, he has a, a CPA firm. Not only does he a CPA, he has lawyers in his firm. So anything he's, he he talks to you about, you know, has legal backing to you know. Wait. Good. Yeah, so Carlton Dennis is with a K, not a C. Carlton Dennis. Carlton Dennis, bet. So if anybody wants to start a hot dog business, and you know you you legitimately you trying to start the Glizzy Group, <laughs> you go you you go you go to your state, you register the Glizzy Group. Make sure nobody else got that name. You you go you go to the bank, say hey you know I want I want to open up a bank account for my Glizzy Group, you know what I mean, and then you go ahead you try to you go on uh, irs.gov, try like go to that specific industry when it comes to food, mm-hmm. uh, you know whatever whether it's a, a a food truck or what have you, uh, start learning that look up uh, Carlton uh, uh, Dennis, Carlton Dennis. You know, and, and, and if you're able to link up with a CPA, be like, hey, look, I'm starting this glizzy group. You know what I mean? And, 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 and you know, I'm, I'm really trying to, you know, scale up. You know, what are how can I deduct? Can I deduct the mustard? Can I deduct the food truck? What equipment can I use so that I'm not, you know, like you said, kind of poking a hole at the bottom of the cup and draining out in most of my revenue or a good portion of my revenue going to the IRS. Mm-hmm. How can I keep as much money as possible? So some very practical steps from the one and only Marcus Hemingway might as well be named Morpheus because you out here really trying to get Bamas to like uh, be aware and also escape the matrix. 
Mark, it's, 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 it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I, 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 I truly thank you, man, because, uh, you know, a, a man of your expertise and your experience, you know, I, I, I know that one of the things for you outside of money, life and health is your time which is very uh, uh, valuable to you. So I want to pr- thank you for sharing your time no uh, with me and with my listeners and being willing to educate us. And 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 and, and, and granted, I know that there was uh, probably a lot of different things we could ca- kind of go super deep into, but I think you definitely gave us a lot to at least chew on, process, you know what I mean? And, 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 and for anybody out there, if you start Glizzy Group, I, 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 I'm coming for you legally because I came up with that name. Uh, share the trade, Mark. Bring me my coins. I'll even talk about a sponsorship. You know, what I'm saying next episode brought to you by Glizzy Group. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, but I, pre- I appreciate you, my brother. And uh, where can people find you at if they want to uh, look up some of your content? Yeah, I'm on Instagram, um, uh, Marcus dot Hemingway dot fifty eight. It's up on a proud American because uh, I love my country. This is uh, I don't know if you can see it, but this is my backdrop over here. You know, what I'm saying okay. Um, nice and um you can find me on instagram too as well i just i mean not instagram but on um, youtube um at, um, um at proud american or um and you just type in proud american or marcus Hemingway, and you'll see me pop up with my little videos um I mean, one thing i do want to say before i go now yeah I, I, please understand that the llc um it's only just to make sure that you don't get sued civilly allowed before yourself. They're going to go out to your company. So Say that, yeah. If you start a business like the Glizzy Group, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, <laughs> uh, make sure you learn how to pay yourself. Learn how to take uh, the, um, the, 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 the yeah, employee tax deduction for your business. See, I'm not in that position because I love my passive income. And I haven't really started paying myself. I really don't have to. But um, if you do start a business like that, learn how to separate the liability from yourself uh, and pay yourself. That's very important. And Carlton is going to break it down how to do it. I love that. I love that, man. So, 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 so key, so important. Ultimately, man, uh, we want be uh, a people to find their own uh, financial freedom, their own successes, to be able to monetize their skills that pays the bills, as you put it eloquently. And uh, yeah, man, thank you guys for uh, tuning in to this incredible episode of the Pushback Podcast. Just remember, like, share, subscribe. It don't cost you no paper. If you're not doing none of that, then you just another hater. So just remember that. Everybody, much grace and peace. God bless you.